Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn, how you doing, bud? Hey, good, TC. It's yeah. almost end of end of February, so yeah. And I'm sure that you're uh, up to your ears and in, in tax stuff going on right now. Yeah, I don't know if you can see my head exploding or anything, but you know, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of information that we're dealing with. So yeah, I can imagine there's a lot of stuff going on right now. We've talked about a lot of stuff, um, kind of back and forth over this last couple of months here, and. Most yeah. of it revolving around the 199 grain glitch and some other kind of uh, unsure, uncharted waters, I guess. You know, they, they yeah. opened up a new, some new regulations and stuff, but have yet to uh, really clarify what that looks like. So before we got started, you were talking about grain trailers, you know, different kind of stock trailers, those kind of things. If you're a, if you're yeah. a dealer, that kind of stuff and how that might affect your floor plan. Yeah, so last podcast, we'd spent quite a bit of time on these new interest uh, limitation rules, you know, which is the first time really for, for kind of main, main Street America that we've had to, maybe we can't deduct all of our interest. And this is one of the biggest revenue raisers uh, in the new tax code. And generally, you're limited to 30% of your uh, EBITDA, your earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization. Now there's special rules if you're under 25 million in revenues, which obviously a lot of a lot of covers a lot of people. You may not have to worry about this, um, but there's there's even exceptions to that that we've talked about. Um, but there's a public hearing next week, um, so the proposed regulations on this were issued late November, and there's a hearing next week starts Wednesday, where you know people are going to be commenting on these proposed regulations. These are the refinements, kind of the details. This was over 450 pages, if you might remember. So this public hearing next week, and so comment letters are coming in. So you know people don't necessarily have to come there and testify, right? You know, you write in a comment letter, and then if you want to testify, you can say, hey, "Here's here's what I'd like to testify on." There's only been a little over 30 comment letters posted, uh, which is kind of surprising. There was over 330 comment letters on the 199A regulations. Um, but I think part of this is just, you know, we're in the middle of tax season here, so there hasn't been as much time maybe to write letters. But one, one letter I wanted to point out um, was just uh, issued, I think, the last couple of days, and it's by a CPA firm that deals with a lot of auto dealers, you know, and because this floor plan interest rule, we had talked about that last time. And they're pointing out the difference between if I'm a medium truck, truck dealer, that a semi is considered a motor vehicle, and so you can deduct all of your floor plan financing interest related to a semi, you know, your interest that you're, you're paying, right, while you're holding that inventory either for sale or lease. But if it's a trailer, right, which, like, you know, generally speaking, there's going to be a trailer attached to about any semi. If it's a trailer, the trailer doesn't actually fit the definition of a motor vehicle. So these dealerships, you know, would have to then 
bifurcate this and do some complex calculations because they, they can't. A set and a trailer aren't the same thing. But this letter pointed out that if you're a farm equipment dealer, such as yourself, and you're selling a trailer, they use a livestock trailer as an example, but I think a grain, you know, a grain trailer would work as well, that you as a farm equipment dealer would be able to consider that part of farm equipment because farm equipment is granted a special exception. So this is, um, you know, just an indication of how specific, you know, you know, if it, if it matters to you, right, you look at it really hard. And so I would hope that they're going to say, well, you know what, a trailer is basically always attached to a semi. So we're going to make a semi and a trailer considered a motor vehicle. But right now, you know, people are looking at filing tax returns. You know, these rules are in effect for 2018 tax year. The public hearing is next week. The final regulations will not be out before April 15th, I'm pretty sure. So basically, people might have to, you know, maybe they'll extend their return. I'm talking, you know, these big dealerships and things. Again, for most farmers, this isn't going to come into play because you're not going to be, generally speaking, over $25 million in revenues. But it just gives you an idea of how, you know, it's hard to craft law, right, that, 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 that makes sense in all cases. And so this is just one of the things that people are dealing with semis versus versus a trailer have you ever seen any precedent before where something like this the scenario we're talking about here where where the irs was saying nope we're going to leave it the way it is or after looking at it we do realize that you can't have one without the other type of thing is that is that is there a precedent that shows that or is that a pretty common thing it's you know it uh, it depends on um you know some sometimes the administration you know and but for example, you know, one of the big things with uh, 199A was that if you remember, brothers and sisters weren't considered family under the definition for this self-rental. And people were up in arms about that when the proposed regulations came out in August. Well, when the final regulations were released just last month, they changed that. So you would like to think um, that, it, that it would make sense. But part of the sometimes part of the question is, when, when Congress was drafting this and they had their writers, you know, helping them, Joint Committee on Taxation and things, what was their intention? When they when they developed the $1.5 trillion cost of this tax plan, right, When they, however they did those calculations, did they kind of assume that trailers weren't, didn't count? Or, you know, you know it, it kind of has to do with how they maybe did the math behind the scenes. So... Um, the Joint Committee on Taxation, which is really supposed to be like the people that really helped draft the bill, they came out with a, a, we've talked about this, it's called the Blue Book. It came out about a year after the law was passed, and it kind of described their rationale. And there, they do um, acknowledge that um, there would be some some differences. One of the things they actually acknowledge um, on the on the interest rules is that this is how crazy it gets, Casey. If you technically look at the um, internal revenue code, you know, just the actual law that was passed, you could view it that if you have any sort of floor plan financing interest whatsoever, you are not eligible for bonus depreciation. You might remember that we talked about that. Hey, if you want to build a vector floor plan financing, then you can't take bonus depreciation on any sort of assets in your business. And so if you really look at the law, some people say, well, that's, that's just an absolute fact that you have no choice. But to if you take floor plan finance interest 100%, then you are not eligible for bonus depreciation. Well, the blue book, which again is more the drafters of the bill, said well, they and they are very clearly have several examples. I put this on Twitter probably about a month ago 
they say, well, no, if you can pass this test, this 30% test without doing this special adjustment, then you can take bonus depreciation and still be able to claim the interest in a certain situation. So it just shows you that, you know, it gets it down to like intent and statutory construction and people talk about these terms, but I, to answer your question, I would hope that they would think why, I mean, a trailer is, you don't just buy semis, right? You, you know, a trailer is part of it. I would think that they'll, they'll, they'll patch this, they'll fix this and treat a trailer as part of a semi. But in the meantime, you know, people are trying to file tax returns, you know, there's deadlines, you know, and what are we going to do? We're going to have to estimate our tax paid, right? We're going to have to pay an extension payment. And it's, it's kind of a guessing game. So, but this hearing will be helpful because we'll, we'll see how many people are commenting on this, right? We'll see how many comment letters are out there. Again, there's very few letters actually right now, just over 30. Kind of surprising. Um, so, you know, it, I think you'll get a sense of the hearing, which is... Um, of how many people are really up in arms about this. Um, but I, I'm hoping, hopeful that they will change it. Yeah. That's a big deal, man. I mean, start looking at yeah. all the different things. I mean, especially when you're looking at just, a, like you said, a, a semi-dealer, a Kenworth dealer, Peterbilt dealer, somebody like yep. that, and they're <clears throat> they're selling, yep. you know, van trailers and, and flatbed trailers yep. and drop decks and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it's going to be a big deal. I mean, you can't yeah. really hook that on the back of a pickup and pull it around. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to have, you have I to mean, have a semi to do it. Yeah. I mean, in theory, what this could mean, if you really think through it, you know, if, if they say, no, that's a motor vehicle is not a trailer. Um, in theory, then there just would be less trailers on the lot. If you think about it, right? Because if I, if I purchase a trailer with credit and I can't deduct all the interest because it's not considered a motor vehicle, but I'm not going to purchase as many trailers to be on the lot because, you know, it's costing me money. So in theory, that would be the ultimate consequence of this is there'd be less trailers available, you know, on the people's lots. So I don't think, I think, you know, people are going to wise up and say, well, we need to fix this. Yeah. Yep. Well, good stuff as usual, Glenn. And, uh, make sure you guys reach out to your tax preparer about this stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of little inconsistencies here that we, uh, you need to brush up on and make sure that you that you got the right stuff and and uh you know glenn is always out there to to be contacted glenn so if folks want to reach out to you and ask you a few questions how would they do that yeah again geez i'll just reiterate that you know um you know it's, we, we, we're talking a lot of you know we get into some details here but we're talking generalities right this is not tax advice right it's really important to discuss, discuss your specific fact situation uh with your CPA, with your enrolled agent, your tax preparer. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, you know, I'd be glad to take any questions and it's best to call me here at the office at Heinel Banner. Our phone number is 309-694-4251. Um, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Glenn Birnbaum is my handle. All right. Well, good stuff as usual, Glenn. And we will catch you again next week, bud. Okay. Thanks, Casey. All right. Take care, Glenn. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Here you can find Morning Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. 
You'll be able to hear Dryline Farmer Podcast, Girls Talk Ag, the Topsoil Podcast, Ag News Daily, Working Cows, Heifer Please, Throwback Iron, and Ask Agnes. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.